Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. Pretty Okay Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Welker. And I am Taylor Holman. And today we are going to dive into, I think, a fun topic. It's something that I think maybe a lot of people aren't super familiar with, so I think it'll be be fun to talk about before we head into Thanksgiving, because it is Thanksgiving in two days at the time of recording this. (laughs) Two days. I have to prep my cut all of my bread loaves into <laughs> cubes so I can make stuffing. That's on my to-do list today. <laughs> Are you cooking everything for the three of you? Um not really everything. But the, you know, all of the must-have carbohydrates have to yes. have to make an appearance. Fuck all the yes. vegetables. Even though I love fall vegetables, I'm like <laughs> I want a giant pot of mashed potatoes and all the stuffing and loads of gravy. That will just really be all I need. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a vegetarian. So like Thanksgiving for me is kind of bleh because I don't eat turkey, obviously. And I, I'm not a fan of pumpkin pie. I know that's weird, but like Steven is a fan of everything. And Rocky says his favorite Thanksgiving foods are pumpkin pie and Oreos. So mm. not sure where that came from, but now we're having Oreos at Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, it's 2020. Who gives a shit? You can have Oreos at Thanksgiving. That's fine, right? There are no rules. No rules. Yeah. But my mom, she told me, she's like, I, I texted Steven and asked him what he wanted to make for Thanksgiving. I was like, why didn't you text me? She's like, well, because Steven cooks on holidays. (laughs) She was trying to be so gentle about it, but I'm just not. I don't like cooking for big batches of people. I like doing nightly dinners here at our house. But when it comes to holidays, I I tend to just sit back and relax. I'm the opposite. (laughs) I'm the person that I love the whole preparation of getting all the things you need making sure it's all organized, having a timeline of how I need to prep and then cook things because I only have one oven. So making Mm. sure everything actually gets done is quite a logistical feat. And it was last Christmas, both my family and Brett's family were here. And I literally was like, 
stay the fuck out of the kitchen. <laughs> like, you know what you can do that will make me really happy today is just stay the fuck out and let me do this because I don't really want to socialize anyways. <laughs> I just want to be there sweating my ass off. So I'm the opposite of you. I'm the one who's who's making it all so that other people like you can then enjoy the day. It sounds like you approach Thanksgiving a lot like how you approach the rest of your life. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. No truer words <laughs> have been said. Let me have a list and a plan and step the fuck back. Yep. Pretty much it. <laughs> well, I think that you could definitely incorporate some of your soft skills Look at that smooth ass transition, would you? (laughs) So today when we talk about soft skills, what are we talking about? Because people are probably thinking soft skills, like, am I, am I squishy? (laughs) Am I cuddly? That's probably exactly what right now. Quarantine 15 or whatever it is (laughs) that makes you soft and have additional skills in life. But Yeah, you know, I'm kind of shocked that people don't talk more about soft skills because I I think they're very important to being a an effective human being. Mm -hmm. We want to take it that far. But yeah, soft skills are yeah, let's just leave it there. If you want to be an effective human being, you gotta have some soft skills. (laughs) But the hard skills that people might have in life are the things like technical skills, knowing how to use a particular piece of software or, you know, having a background in accounting. Those are, mm-hmm. are things that you have to learn in order to get. But a soft skill is something that can be hard to quantify because it's usually something that you do as a person. So soft skills are things like leadership skills, being a good communicator, Having emotional intelligence, you know, mm-hmm. right? Those are That's not skills. Yeah. And those are not things that you necessarily would go to school for in order to learn. I think you can with some soft skills, but they're not, you don't go and like get a degree in community. Well, <laughs> I was just going to say communications. And then I'm like, uh, that is pretty much the worst example you could ever put out there because everybody has a degree in communications. No, I know what you mean though. You know, I think that soft skills are something I personally feel like you learn on the job. You know, I think that soft skills are something you start learning the day you turn 16 or whatever, and you start working at a grocery store. (laughs) They're just a lot of certain things that don't really kind of grow inside of you until you start getting that hands-on experience and dealing with people because you can read all the fucking textbooks in the world and you can take all the tests and go to all the classes. But these soft skills are something that I think come more from that hands-on approach. Yeah. Um, and so today what we're going to talk about are kind of the, how you can grow them and why they're important, and which ones you should focus on on the most. Um, and there are a lot of soft skills. I mean, there's there's a ton. And some people, I think, might listen to this and think, "Well, I have good people skills. You know, I'm 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 good to work with." And okay, yeah, great. I mean, I hope everybody is. 
Um, but I think that we can also always get better in our soft skills too. Like I, for me, I don't think soft skills have a cap. No, I don't think they do either. And for those of you who listened to last week's episode or our most recent episode, I think your soft skills are part of what makes you a great HBIC. <laughs> Which is a what? A head bitch in charge. Yeah. <laughs> A great head bitch in charge and, like we said, a great human in general. Yes. Um, so with soft skills, you know, like Taylor said, it's it's different than saying, like for me, you know, I'm really good at finance. I'm really good at HR. I'm really good at organization. Those are our learned hard skills, quote unquote, hard skills. Um, I have a really hard time not thinking hardcore, softcore. Um. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I have the same problem, except I, I don't go to porn. I go to body parts. <laughs> so, oh, no. My brain went to porn, but like not because I watch it. Those are just the terms I associate <laughs> with. We're both so, so weird. Not that there's anything bad with porn, guys. If no. you like porn, do your thing. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I think business owners as a whole, when you have – your hard skills and your soft skills, you're more well-rounded as an entrepreneur because you have the ability to bring in soft skills when the hard skills just aren't cutting it because that's going to happen anytime you own a business, anytime you're an employee, anytime you're a human. Sometimes you've tried all the things from what you've learned and it's time to start incorporating other things such as that kind of hands-on problem-solving skills, you know, leadership skills, critical thinking. Uh, and I think the thing that's hard with about soft skills is that not everybody's born with them. Correct. Not everyone is. There are some soft skills that can be innate to someone's personality. Like I think leadership is a, is a great example of that, that, mm -hmm. you know, even when you look at a group of toddlers who are playing, sometimes you mm -hmm. can pick out who kind of the, the leader or the person, you know, the little kid in charge <laughs> at the playground is. So Holy. to some extent, you can come out the womb with some of these characteristics. But even if you do, or regardless of whether you do or you don't, you can nurture and foster them in yourself by, like you said, all of the, you know, like the hands-on get in it, do the work, like not book smarts, but street smarts kind of approach, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that even if you aren't necessarily born with soft skills or the particular soft skills that you want to have for your particular role, it's, it's easy enough to develop them but also understanding that it does come more naturally to people. I often think about this guy that I went to high school with who I was very good friends with. Um, he was so fucking charismatic and so smart and such a leader, but it just seemed – he barely tried. It just happened. It just, like, came out of his body. And he's, like, still that way to this day. You know, and I think a lot of people can see those people who have those natural abilities and just think, well, you know, they're meant to be a leader. I'm not. Or they're meant to work with people. I'm meant to be a worker bee behind the scenes. But 
while I think that it's true that people are born with a certain amount of soft skills, I think that as a business owner, it's kind of up to us to grow and foster our own. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. you're not going to go backwards if you start trying to work on your soft skills. You're only going to go forward and make progress with them. Yeah. So investing time and energy into practicing and fostering these soft skills, like you said, it's not ever going to be a bad thing for you as an individual. It's really one of those, I think, under-practiced parts of like just being a business owner. So that leads us into talking about all of the reasons why soft skills are super important. (laughs) I mean, you guys, Sam and I, we always prep notes and sometimes they're just like, you know, a word here or a word there. This one has a pretty solid section of notes. (laughs) So (laughs) clearly Sam and I are very excited to talk about why soft skills are important. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we, as we kind of dive into this section, I want you to think about your soft skills as essentially being your people skills. Like if you need to have a clear bucket for this kind of stuff and a clear bucket for that kind of stuff, I think that's the easiest way to draw the line. Sure. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I think, I mean, one of the the biggest reasons for me that soft skills are important is because they affect not just your ability, like you said before, to like push through when the hard skills, maybe you're hitting some sort of hurdle or, or blockade. Yeah. Your soft skills really affect how you work with other people. Yeah. Because you can be the best at something, but still be a fucking asshole. (laughs) And then no one's going to want to have you be a part of their team. No one's going to be excited to bring you on. And so this, I think, is how you really become someone who other people gravitate to. Yes. In different different ways and to varying degrees. Yeah. I've definitely worked with my fair share of those kinds of people, um, especially when I was working more in the tech world, you know, because a lot – not to – generalize or categorize anybody, but web developers and, you know, those kind of techie guys uh, or gals, but I only ever worked with guys, tend to think their shit don't stink. (laughs) And so just because they have all those hard skills, so their soft skills are severely lacking. And it was always so frustrating because you're like, I don't want to talk to you. You're a dick. (laughs) Yeah, you're good at what you do, but that doesn't quite make up for the lack of the other soft skills. Because the thing to remember is that anyone can learn those hard skills, you know? All it takes is one person to come in after you, and if they have even slightly marginally better soft skills than you do, you're replaceable. And that was one thing um, I always kind of talked about with the guys that owned the company that I worked with in the, the web development world was no one's irreplaceable right? Everybody can be replaced. And so I think that those soft skills are what help make you more valuable and make you kind of earn your seat at the table a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They also can kind of like, if you, which we all make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes because it's totally human to do that. 
Do you know what I mean? Per- practically perfect in every way. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you do make a mistake on the hard skill side, your soft skills are what will make people want to give you a second chance. For sure. So if yes. you're totally void of any of these, <laughs> right? I mean, I told I have also worked with my fair share of developers. I mean, shit, I'm basically married to one. <laughs> and like those types of professionals, it doesn't help them that they work in like they work in their own bubble and silo and by themselves all the time. So it's not really totally. So yeah, when they, when someone like that messes up, you don't really feel like they deserve the second chance or the do over. Whereas if they have demonstrated to you that they care and that they're trying and that, they're enjoyable to work with, then you're like, ah, fuck, you know, we really should cut them some slack. So more reasons to start collecting them all. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when you're a business owner, when you have good soft skills, you tend to have stronger situational awareness and higher emotional intelligence, which can help kind of navigate those difficult working environments, but also still producing positive results at the same time. Uh, you know, cause when you're, when you're a leader, it's all about managing people and directing their efforts to a specific desired outcome rather than having any technical skills than bringing technical skills, um, to bear. But it's hard because I think when a lot of people are hiring or when they're looking for how they want to be, they focus on just, well, he's the best developer or I'm the best floral designer. I'm the best wedding planner, you know, but if you're a dick to work with or you can't solve problems, it's very easy to replace you, I think is the kind of main thing about it. Yeah. You mentioned, I think we've mentioned emotional intelligence a few times already. This Mm -hmm. is one that I find particularly interesting because- I I kind of feel like that's one of the soft skills that you either have or you don't. And that it's hard to learn how to be emotionally intelligent. I think people can learn to recognize emotions in other people, like from a right? But then there's a difference mm-hmm. between being able to do that and really being emotionally intelligent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that emotional intelligence and emotional resilience are two very, very important soft skills to have. I think resilience is a little bit easier to build up, you know, than maybe necessarily emotional intelligence because you're right. I think it, you're, you're born with a certain amount, but I think when you focus on kind of the self-awareness aspect of it, you know, it means being able to be in tune with your feelings, with internal conflicts and your personal values, um, or rather than looking for help outside or blaming the world (laughs) for our miseries, you know, self-awareness kind of gives us the courage to look for answers uh, within ourselves. And it makes us more in tune to our inner world and it helps us be more capable and cognizant. And I think that that's something you can learn. And that's something that you can do 
as a daily practice to build that up. So you build up that emotional resilience. And in turn, I think that'll help your emotional intelligence. So good. Such a good explanation. That was that was not a question we prepared for. And I was like, ooh, Sam always like, thanks for that one. <laughs> No, I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah, the psychologist and, you know, sociologist in me loves this shit. So, oh, yeah. And it also makes it, it also gives me kind of this interesting perspective on soft skills because, you know, when you, when you study psychology and sociology, you're just studying people. And so I think that's one of the few, you know, academic focuses that you really just, you, you learn all of these things because it is a part of the science, you know, the soft science. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, we can, we can nerd out on psychology and motion and emotional intelligence in another episode or if anybody else is like, just wanting to nerd out on it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that's why I'm always kind of drawn to the HR side of things because HR is much more than just looking at someone's job performance on paper. It's also looking about them as a human and the soft skills that they bring to the company and to their position and how they're able to interact and and be a culture fit, which is such a huge component of working with people, whether you're the boss or not. Like you can be the boss and still not be a good culture fit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I have uh, definitely been a part of companies where the leadership is not, I could not more aggressively shake my head where the <laughs> leadership was not a culture fit. And that is the worst, the absolute yeah. worst. So, yeah. All right. So, we've given you kind of the why. For soft skills. Now let's talk about what you can kind of do to grow them. And I think that last week's episode and the episode before that are both very helpful for wanting to grow your soft skills because one of the best things you can do is listen to constructive criticism. And that's just something that, again, you might have to seek out, which we talked about in the the constructive criticism episode and the personal review episode. But Don't be scared to ask for critiques because it's only going to help you grow in the long run. And when you're talking to people and you're soliciting that advice, you know, it's important to to make sure that you're talking about those certain areas of your like your soft skills. Ask them things like, how are my communication skills? What can I do to be a better communicator? You know, um, am I flexible? Am I good with problem solving skills? Is there any certain kind of interpersonal skills that you think I could improve in because we get so set in our ways, you know, like we have our personalities, they're ingrained within us and that's great, you know, but when you're at home, you can be whoever the fuck you want. When you're more in an office setting or a work setting, sometimes you got to rein back on some stuff, you know, like you got to pull back the sarcasm a little bit, Samantha, you got (laughs) to speaking to myself here. There are certain things that there's just a time and a place for, you know, you're the kind of the way that you deal with people. Um, And I think that when you reach out for that constructive criticism, that'll help you kind of see yourself in a different light. Yeah. And, you know, 
I know that we've talked about this before, but it's really hard to be objective about yourself. And so Mm -hmm. you can have an idea of what types of soft skills you think you need to work on. But Mm -hmm. when you ask a third party, they may add to that list or revise it. (laughs) And they also may put more weight on you needing to focus on something that you maybe thought, oh, you just needed to, you know, kind of put minimal effort into. And they're like, nah, you really got to do some work (laughs) in that space. I mean, shit, maybe you need to go to therapy. Because everyone should go to therapy. No, maybe. (laughs) No, maybe. I have told many people in the past seven days that they need to go to therapy. And that's (laughs) like, I say that with all of the love, not meaning that they're broken, but meaning that they need to put additional tools in their toolbox so that they have them to pull out when it's necessary. And, you know, when you're, when it's, your responsibility to guide other people or run a business, it is emotionally taxing. And so I really think that therapy is almost a, even if you're going like once or twice a year, shit, like something is better than nothing. And I really do think that it can help you grow tremendously on Mm -hmm. the important side of who you are. Yeah. And one thing, you know, I'll add to that is to not put all your eggs in one basket. Don't just ask one person what you can improve on and then think that's the end all be all because you want to kind of take as much, like you want to pull people as much as possible to get the most comprehensive data when you're looking for where areas that you can improve. And then when you can look at that data and kind of say, okay, well, here's a common theme you know, I think you'll have a better chance to grow your soft skills as opposed to just asking like your one coworker, hey, what can I do better? <laughs> just getting their singular opinion. Yeah. And I mean, the, if you're only going to ask one coworker, I'm going to I'm going to make some assumptions here. I'm going to assume that you're going to ask the person that you have the best relationship with and who's not yeah. actually going to give you constructive feedback. So yeah. That right there is like the opposite of what we're encouraging you to do. So you need to ask multiple people because we all interact with different individuals differently. And so they have a unique situational understanding of how we are and how we behave. So like maybe one person you tend to always work with in more stressful situations just because of the nature of what your working relationship is versus your fucking work wife who's just going to blow the most beautiful rainbow smoke up your ass and tell you that you're great at what you do. <laughs> That's got to go on a t-shirt. More Don't merch. blow beautiful rainbow smoke up my ass. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And you know, nobody said growth is comfortable. That's the thing is if you're just going to stick in your little comfort zone and your little bubble, well, you might as well not even do it because if you're not willing to branch out and kind of get that criticism or that feedback from people that is going to actually make push you to change, what's the point? You Get used to being uncomfortable if you want to grow and be a better business owner or a better employee, whatever the fuck better you want to be. 
you got to get uncomfortable first. You know, too, with soft skills, you can you can learn a lot just by observing, I think. Observing other people around you who excel in those skills. You know, if you have somebody that you work with who's really good at communication, pay attention to what they're doing. You know, we learn monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> we learn by observing. And so you can also offer to take on If you're not the head bitch in charge, you know, you can offer to take on more responsibilities like serving on certain committees or planning events, things that are a little bit outside of your typical day-to-day work requirements. Those will help you gain that valuable experience. And, you know, we talked about this earlier, but just in general, developing more emotional intelligence will help you become a more valuable business owner and will also help increase your chances of career success. So get uncomfortable, watch people, ask for feedback, grow those goddamn skills. (laughs) Grow them skills. (laughs) All right. So now Let's kind of talk about what soft skills are the most important to have. And I don't think there's any one right answer to this. I think that it depends on your job. I think it depends on your personality style, who you work with. You know, there's so many different factors. But I do think that there are some common uh, soft skills that are beneficial to everybody. Yeah. There. The other thing that is... I think very influential influ- influential on <laughs> on which soft skill might be the most important to have is the goal that you're working toward. Right. Because some goals or deadlines or deliverables are easier to get through and it's more about uniting a team. And then sometimes when you're facing challenge. It's about critical thinking and problem solving. So it's a totally fluid experience for each of us. So just Mm -hmm. get on, get on that surfboard and paddle, paddle away. Surfboard. Surfboard. (laughs) Surfboard. Um, For those of you who haven't watched Beyonce or know Beyonce's songs, it's from that. I am slightly uh, cool. If, if we had to explain that, I feel like you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Just going to throw that yeah. really dark, intense phrase out there. I I think there might be some people. It's how old now, though? Isn't it so old? Like, uh, did that come out forever ago? It's Yeah, maybe it's four-ish years old. Maybe I'm just throwing out outdated references. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. We all know that Beyonce's evergreen. Cool. Beyonce is evergreen. Also, more merch. Beyonce more is evergreen. Merch. <laughs> all right. Oh, so I'm sorry for continually distracting us with my terrible jokes. <laughs> no, these are entertaining. So in terms of the most important skills, soft skills that you can have, uh, one of the ones that I wrote down is communication skills, because working with people with shitty communication skills is so frustrating and I think detrimental to a business owner. And I can't remember if I've used this 
uh, story or not as an analogy before, but have I talked about the barbershop that we were going to open and the guy that was in charge of the whole thing? I think so, but I don't remember the details. Okay. So we, before COVID hit, we're planning on opening a new barbershop in downtown La Mesa. This guy that uh, my husband knew had bought this huge building and was turning it into kind of like the, a James Coffee Co. type setup, you know, where it's going to have a bunch of different little businesses inside of it. The barbershop was going to be one of them. So when we started with this whole thing, you know, we were very stoked. We were excited to open up our own shop. We loved the idea of this community space, which now is the worst idea in the world, but (laughs) that's neither here nor there. But the guy who was in charge of the whole thing was so bad at communication, like never responded to emails, would only text us on Sundays and would say, okay, I'm going to send over the the lease or I'm going to send over the scope. We would never get it. We eventually backed out before COVID even really was like, you know, what it is now. Because yeah. I said, I can't go into business with this guy and put our livelihood at stake in the hands of somebody that I can't get a hold of. Because if you can't communicate with somebody, how do you know they're going to be there for you when you need them? when shit hits the fan. And that's an extreme example. You know, he was clearly very, very terrible at communicating, but communication skills in the workplace as a business owner, I think are so fucking important, especially if you're new and you're trying to build your business. You need to be as responsive as possible. You need to be clear in your communication and your expectations. Like don't fucking text your clients at 9 p.m. on Sundays. (laughs) Like communication skills are definitely a learned thing, you know, because especially God, oh my God, what's it going to look like for this gen? What's Rocky Alpha? He's like generation Alpha. We're just going to grow up texting, you know, and DMing and whatever. It's like they're not going to know how to communicate effectively via whatever use of technology we're using in the future. But I think that focusing on communication skills is only going to help you grow. It's only going to help you be better at whatever you're doing. Yes. And the thing about communication skills, I agree wholeheartedly with all the things you just said. The other side of this is that if you don't know how to listen, Mm -hmm. then the words that come out of your mouth or out of your fingertips don't mean jack. So in order to be an effective communicator, you have to stop talking and listen, like truly be an active listener. And that is one of the things that I'm told often by potential clients that like when we're on consultation calls that they felt like I was just truly listening to what they had to say, how they were describing their problems, all that kind of stuff. And that helps me as a business person make sure that I'm providing, like suggesting that I work with them in a certain way that's really going to get to the heart of their problem. But it also helps people feel seen, which is incredibly important. So before you 
Well, as you work on being a reliable communicator and an effective communicator and someone that's like has the wherewithal to know when to time something, you also Mm -hmm. really need to work on your listening skills because that to me is the absolute foundation of communication. I agree. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, you know, too, when someone's not listening to you, you can see it. You can see their eyes. You can see their wheels spinning. You can tell when somebody is not fully engaged and giving you their undivided attention. And it's, it kind of sucks, you know, you when, especially when you are paying somebody for their time, like if some, if you're the, if you're the client and you're paying whoever, if you feel like you're just talking at a, at an empty wall, you know, it's, it's going to be incredibly frustrating and probably make you not want to work with that person again. Correct. One of the next soft skills that I find to be one of the most important is work ethic. And, oh, I could go on forever about work ethic. Um, you and I are both people who probably were born with very intense work ethic. <laughs> and it's mind-blowingly frustrated to work with people who don't have it because yes. it's almost like, I don't get it. Why? I don't understand why your work ethic sucks. I just don't get it. <laughs> why wouldn't you try your best? Why wouldn't you work hard? But it's not natural to some people. And good Lord, have I worked with and fired my fair share of people with a lack of work ethic. It's incredibly frustrating to a business owner. But on the other end, it's incredibly frustrating to employees to have a leader with shitty work ethic. With a leader who's just like, okay, you guys do this. You know, who you have to lead by example. And having a good work ethic is going to make all of the difference when it comes to your business. Um, I give the example of Natalie Gill, and I'm only retelling this story because she told it on her episode, and I know it's okay to tell people, but (laughs) she told us on the first day that she opened Native Poppy, it was Mother's Day weekend, and she worked for like eight straight hours without taking a break. She peed her pants because she forgot to leave the floor. She was working so hard. Don't be that extreme. You know, you got to also take care of yourself. But that's some fucking work ethic, you know? She put her whole body and soul into what she was doing. And look at now, she's she's got two shops. She's crushing it even in the middle of a pandemic. And so having work ethic as a leader is, it's so important, you guys. Yes. And when you're in a leadership role, especially, this is true for all humans, You have to do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Yes. That to me is a a core ethos when it comes to talking about your work ethic. And also as a leader, I think it is also very important for you to not ask any of your team members to do something that you would not do yourself. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Yeah, this is this is definitely like a, a trigger topic for me that I definitely have spent a lot of time talking to Dr. Corey about when I have had to be in situations where I'm not working with someone who has the same work ethic as I do. And yeah, so it's just, you know, when whether you're working with people who 
are highly motivated in this space or have room to grow, you have to be the example. You have to always have the drive because if you don't have the drive as the business owner, why in the flying fuck should anyone else? Right. Yeah. And they won't, you know, people aren't going to run your business for you. They're not going to think, oh, well, my boss isn't doing it. So I guess I'll just pick up all the slack. What are they going to get out of it? You're the business owner. Growing the business is only going to work for you. So you've got to put in the work ethic. Otherwise, you're going to start losing people left and right. Um, and kind of in the ter- in in that same vein, I would put problem solving skills, which I think is a very common question on like HR forms. You know, that first interview, like, tell me about a time you solved a problem at work, and it's kind of a silly question, but it's actually it's important because. There are people out there who've never had to solve a problem on their own in their goddamn life. And you can spot them right away when they enter into the workforce because someone has either always done it for them or they've always, you know, just ditched it and walked away. And problem solving skills you have to have as a business owner, as an employee, as a human, because we're all going to encounter problems in our life. And you need to be able to figure out a fucking solution. And yeah. you cannot my, run away from your problems. No. And I really do think it's a learned skill. Um, I think, but I also definitely think there's the element of the amount of that that you're born with. But, you know, my parents were very much about problem solving. My parents, from as long as I can remember as a kid, I remember my parents just being like, okay, what are we, what are you going to do about it? And making me figure out a way to fix problems, no matter how small they were, you know, I didn't run to them and they fixed shit for me. I do think that, you know, my, I love my husband the most, but his mom fixed all his problems for him and he has very lackadaisical problem-solving skills. He's gotten more since we've been together because I won't fix his problems for him. (laughs) And, but so it is something you can learn, but you've got to do it. You've got to work on it. So this is a perfect example of, or problem-solving skills. You learn them when you're a kid and you go to school and we all bitched about all of our homework assignments and like, why do I have to do so many and yada, yada, yada. That absolutely translates into problem-solving skills as an adult, even though mm-hmm. we, I'm not using trigonometry in my everyday life, <laughs> but that, that exercised my brain in a way that now I can think about things differently when I get stuck. So, you know, encourage the, the little ones around you to stick with it and love school because it will make them better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, because, you know, people might listen to this and think, yeah, great. How do I grow my problem solving skills? It's one of those hands-on things, you know, it's all going to be about trial and error and, you know, throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I think that problem solving skills, you know, you can read all the books about it. You can do whatever you want. But until you actually get your hands dirty, you're not going to really fully be able to grow them. 
to the best of your ability. So the next skill that I want to talk about is probably the one that I'm the worst at, and that's being flexible and being adaptable. I am neither of those things uh, because I really value routine and systems and organization. I find it very hard when things go off the plan that I have laid out. (laughs) And Steven gives me a hard time for it all the time because I'm like, what? So-and-so can't drop by. I have not planned for that. I haven't cleaned the house. I haven't done this. Like, it's just not... It's not something that's natural for me. My mother is the exact same way. I am definitely her daughter when it comes to being inflexible. (laughs) But it is a good skill to have. I am always trying, you know, but God damn it, it's hard for me. What about you? Are you good at being flexible and adaptable? Oh, I've learned to be better. Um. All of the type A control freaks tuning in, this is probably striking a chord because, yeah. or even anyone who's overscheduled, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm especially inflexible when I am overscheduled because, like, in order to get all of those things done, my I cannot deviate from the plan. And so I become less desirable to be around when I'm in that Same. space. <laughs> but, yep. mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I've I've learned how to set up, like be better about boundaries and recognize when I'm getting into that emotional space so that I can work through it. But it is yeah, I'm on the same page as you. This is definitely yep. a hard one. And this year has for sure been a test of it because oh yeah oh man like especially for adaptability for sure but yeah see guys if we can do it you can do it too (laughs) yeah well and I think it it kind of proves the point that not everybody is going to be perfect at all of these soft skills. You know, there are going to be ones that come more naturally to you. There are going to be ones that you've worked on throughout your career and there are going to be ones that you still struggle with. And that's one that I struggle with on a daily basis. I am not a flexible human by nature. And, you know, it's, I know that it can make me a little difficult to work with at times when I'm feeling that, that my nature of, of how things are supposed to go in my head is not working. So I get it. Yeah. It's a process. It's an ever, ever going, ever growing process of becoming better people and better business owners. Uh, and I think that the last two that I want to talk about, uh, interpersonal skills, which, is a tricky one because it's just when you boil it down, it's dealing with people, how you work well. Do you play well with others? <laughs> and a lot of people do it better than some. And it's crucial. And what's I don't want to oversell it, but I also don't want to minimize how important it is to have good interpersonal skills <laughs> because being nice is not the same as having interpersonal skills. And I think that that's where a lot of people get confused. You know, they think, oh, I'm a nice person. Okay. But 
are you good at actually dealing with other humans, you know, and that's where those communication skills come into play, um, being able to talk to people, but interpersonal skills are, are something that I definitely feel like you learn on the job, you know, or actually I guess you start learning them as early as school, right? Playing well with others. Oh, group projects. I hate those. Yeah, I hate them too. I hated those so much. I so I think that I was just all the work. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ugh. But yes, you definitely start being put in situations where you need to start practicing interpersonal skills when you're in school. Yeah. And when we talk about interpersonal skills, you know, I think what you were saying about listening, I think active listening is definitely an interpersonal skill. Teamwork, accountability, dependability, your own inner motivation. Uh, what else? Patience. That's a definitely a huge interpersonal skill. Having patience for your fellow man and uh, empathy too, you know? being able to not be a fucking robot and empathize with your fellow human. Yes. Um, Patience is also something that I, I oftentimes struggle with. Yeah. Same. So because I work too fast. Me too. So y'all better keep up. If you ever work with me, just know you got to keep up with this crazy training. Everybody off. Everybody's like, we don't ever yeah. want to work with Sam Ooh. or Taylor. <laughs> They're inflexible no, and patient. Inflexible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, be patient. Again, things that I, I know about myself and mm-hmm. I've talked to, you know, I, I do work on and I listen when people tell me I'm being impatient. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But. Self-awareness, dude. Yep. Yep. Um, So the last one on the list is, I think, one of my favorites. And it's, it's especially poignant now, but it has always been something that's very important to me. And that's being a resilient human. Mm -hmm. Because you can't, we're like we said earlier, it's human to make mistakes. It's part of the human experience that we're going to fail and face challenges. And if you don't have the ability to pick yourself back up when you fall on your face, then life is going to be exponentially more difficult for you. Yeah. It's going to be downright unpleasant. So this is where I get very passionate about talking about how not everybody gets a gold star and that competition is healthy because those are, you know, and that parents should not be solving all of their children's problems because that is how people learn how to be resilient. And if you remove challenge and failure from the path, then how in the fuck is someone supposed to learn how to, you know, get through it and work through it and be good and be fine and thrive on the other side? I definitely have a soapbox that I will stand on and, you know, say, don't be a lawnmower parent. Please mm. don't do that. 
Yeah. It's not good for the long-term health of your baby. Yeah. I think that it's an internal kind of powerful force that moves you forward when you think you've reached your limit. Kind of like like a spare tank of gas, you know, it benefits it benefits you in a time adver- adversity, not in spite of it. And we're all going to experience times in our lives where shit's just going to go wrong. But when you focus on being resilient and building up that skill, you're allowing yourself to actively kind of transform the challenges that come our way into opportunities and just build build a bridge toward our better possible future self. So I think that resiliency is very important to being a business owner or an employee, but it's even more important to being a human. So I think that, you know, with soft skills, there's definitely umbrellas. There's ones that, like we said, interpersonal skills that kind of encompass a lot of smaller skills, but self-awareness is such a, a big component of it as well. And I think that that's a really good place to start. If you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, shit, what are my soft skills? Where do I need to improve? Go back and listen to last week's episode about giving yourself a review so you can get some reflection going and kind of start building up your own personal view of what your soft skills are before you go out and do what we talked about in the beginning of the episode and kind of soliciting that that feedback and that criticism from people that you think can help you grow. All right. So that is it from us for soft skills, not soft core just soft. <laughs> I couldn't help it. The way you just said just soft was too much. Uh, forever losing my mind. We will be back in a few weeks, a couple weeks. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving will be over by the time you listen to this episode, but we hope it was wonderful and delicious and safe with your bubble. If you haven't yet, please give a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast stuff in your ears. Hit us up on Instagram at Pretty Okay Podcast. You know, we're always open to topic suggestions or people that want to uh, come on the show. Let's talk to more people in the new year, too. I'm down for that. Otherwise, show notes will be up on prettyokpodcast.com. And we will be back in a couple weeks. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.